Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. This week it's been hot as all get out. It's been chilly. It feels like fall. So this is pretty much the way northern Arizona operates as we go in, as the fall season settles. We call, we call them Indian summers. I don't know why they call them that. It seems offensive. Native American summers, something. Anyway, grandparents called it Indian summers where it uh, got cool and then it warmed back up. Got cool and then it warmed back up. And we slowly... We'll get down to our fall, nice nice temperatures, then into winter, even winter. It feels like winter, then it warms back up to fall. So this is part of the reason that we live in the mountains of Arizona because it's just, it's just beautiful all the time and it cools off. We get these temperature swings, even when it's brutally hot. This year, uh, it's been the nighttime temperatures have been warmer than usual and the daytimes have been hot. It's always hot in summer, but the nights aren't cooling down like I remember, like years past. And that does affect your gardens. And so this week, what I was doing at the, at the Lane House, Lane Casa, we were, I was watering the landscapes. Uh, not with drip irrigation. I've got very sophisticated drip irrigation on my landscapes. They're satellite fed, gets, gets got moisture sensors and rain sensors and it's very sophisticated. It's Wi-Fi and Bluetooth enabled. You don't even have a clock to it. It's all done by the internet. It's very sophisticated. But my gardens were starting to look dry. And so I went down to my strawberry patch. And it's kind of the lower parts of the, the landscape. This is a half acre lot. It's down there, which you don't, you don't normally go. Not every day. Went down this last weekend. I went, whoa, the, the strawberries were collapsing. And obviously, very thirsty. <laughs> they just needed a supplement, uh, supplemental watering. So once a month, what I do is I will, starting in May, June, July, August, so now it's September, I, once a month, I will deep soak or add to the watering that my natural drip irrigation does until the rains come. Now I've had two good storms and that's it. And, and that, that rain, it's been a month, that's long since dried out, and so it didn't saturate down in the soil enough for my gardens to be happy. So they're starting to be off color. So you see they, they wilt a little bit. They're looking dry and peaked. They just like if you were out there in 100-degree weather, just scorched without sunblock, without a ball cap or, or fancy gardener hat, how, how hot would you be? What would you look like? Your plants are the same way, and if you're a gardener, you kind of get in tune and you can recognize, oh, that's a dry plant. They're, they're, it's just struggling. I'll, I'll help you. So what I do is I'll drag my hose out, and I just get a basic fan spray, a cheesy zinc-based just fan spray on the end of that, just so it's not running straight out, but it's having a sprinkle effect, a rain effect at that part of the garden. And I just watered the strawberries for about 15 minutes. And they were so happy. And I'll do that once this month until the rains come. If the rain doesn't come next month, I'll do it again. Or when my plants look a little peaked or dry. And then I move the hose around. I just have different sections or different plots or different gardens throughout the landscape. And I just supplemented watering. 
those. And it keeps them really, really healthy. It keeps them looking good. I mean, it's going to cost me when I ran the drip system. or In addition to the drip system, I ran the this hose effect for maybe a couple hours. Okay, It's going to cost me 15, 20 bucks of extra water. That's fine for me because I'm a gardener and it pleases me. I enjoy seeing plants thrive. I enjoy watching just the hummingbirds dancing around from plant to plant. I just That brings joy to me. I enjoy that. And I'm going to spend my money on something. I'm not going on a cruise ship. I'm not, I don't own an airplane or an RV, but my gardens, they bring me that kind of joy where I just go, I'm willing to spend a little bit extra when it's dry like this to help my gardens along. Your drip system will not do it by itself. The pattern is not large enough. It just can't. Rain, Mother Nature was what truly keeps your landscape healthy. The drip system is like a lifeline. It's like an IV for someone that's been de- dehydrated. They just are. They just need an extra, so they put a needle in their arm and they fill them full of fluids. Uh, that's all that an IV. That's all a drip system does. It doesn't keep you healthy. It's not active and growing. It's really keeping those plants vibrant. You need to mimic rain every once in a while to keep those plants, those gardens, really healthy. I'm not talking about you know your container gardens. You're watering those every day anyway. Raised beds, especially real small raised beds, you're watering those every day anyway. You've got a different irrigation pattern or habit on those. I'm talking about the landscape shrubs. So my strawberry patch, it's it's big. It's 15 by 20 feet long. I mean, it's big. Uh, and so they were suffering a little bit. So I had a drip system was on there, but it wasn't quite enough. They were just actively growing so much just like a month ago. And now they're just parched. They've stopped fruiting or the fruits are small. And so this will get them through until the rains come. I think more of us need to do that. Uh, what I'm really worried about, I mean, I'm, I fret over uh, evergreens. Your evergreen trees, big alligator junipers, ponderosa pines, pinion pines, that maple tree that you planted five years ago, and finally it looks really nice. Uh, if you were to lose those, uh, you're, you're going to have to start over from scratch. I mean, you, 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 I've got a, an alligator bark juniper that's probably 500 years old. You can't put your arms around it. Not even close. Probably two people couldn't put your arms around it. It's magnificent. And when it's dry like this, they are at risk of getting beetles or bark beetles, Ips beetles, flathead borers. There's all kinds of worms that bore their way through the bark and eat the cambium layer or that white bark just underneath the crusty bark that you see. Just underneath that is a moist, very nutrient-rich wood that those bugs are after. And when the plant is dry... They, they have natural defenses that can get rid of these guys. It can flush them out. They can bleed them out. That just The sap just flows out and, and drowns the beetles. But when they're dry, they don't have that natural defense. And so that they're at very high risk. Last time I saw it dry like this, entire sections of the forest died out. They just didn't come back the following spring. They just died over the winter. And so I don't want you, my friends, listeners, to, to have that experience because you cannot replace that. I mean, you can't replace a 150-year-old ponderosa pine. It's, impo- it's, just, it's never going to happen in your lifetime, your, your grandkids' lifetime. It's not going to happen. 
So taking care of those. And so I'll water. I'll take that same effect. You might take a soaker hose if you want or once a month. Don't overdo it because you can kill your native plants by overwatering them. But they need to be supplemented. We've changed their entire environment. We've put asphalt down. Rooftops are over there. We've changed the way the air flows and the water flows through the yard. We've changed everything about their natural environment. And so they need a little help every once in a while from their homeowner, from their friend, from their gardener, from the person nurturing them, taking care of them, keeping an eye out for them. So this bark beetle just puts a little pinhole in the bark, burrows in, and then creates a colony. Literally thousands of these beetles can eat underneath the bark, and you don't even see it happening. All you see is a pinhole. You don't see the hundreds of beetles eating all that wood underneath till finally the plant is girdled. It can happen at the very tip of the tree all the way down to the base and anywhere in between. So for my evergreens, I've watered them, and I gave them plant protector. It's a liquid systemic. And so you pour it up in a, a five-gallon watering can, and I pour it right at the base of the plant. The plant absorbs it. It hydrates the plant. And then it also taints that cambium layer, that, that wood area that they're after, taints that and protects it. It's almost like an antibiotic for trees. If you've got something really valuable that if, if you were to lose it, could not be replaced, I would be doing that. I would be caring for it. I'd fertilize it with the all-purpose food. I'd water it one time a month in addition to the drip system, and I would give it plant protector. Otherwise, I think next spring we're going to see a lot of losses just because it's been so dry and hot for so long. The damage with an evergreen was done three months ago. You just see it die today, but it actually died. It kept some needles on it, died three months ago. The damage is always in way before you actually see it. So care for those things. And that's what, that, my name's Ken Lane. And we're just gardeners. We're talking over the back fence. And this is some things that I'm doing in my own gardens that I think will make a difference in your yard as well. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants for September are raywood ash, Russian sage, honeysuckle, and ivory feathers pampas grass. Ivory feathers is a dwarf pampas grass that blends perfectly into desert landscapes. The ivory plumes reach overhead height for architectural style around patios and ponds. Well suited as a visual barrier or hedge in the far reaches of the yard. You will find only the brightest grasses here at Waters Garden Center. Shop in store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Oh no, my pine trees look terrible. Never fear, Plant Protector is here. Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My super strength protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we have a very special guest in the studio. It's Miss Lisa Waters Lane. Mrs. Lane. <laughs> Mrs. Kenneth Lane. Do uh, they even do that anymore? I mean, that's I just like, it even see. sounds old-fashioned, even coming from an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my beautiful gal, the one I like hanging out with, the, our, my business partner, Lisa Waters Lane, here to uh, answer your or help with your garden questions. What are your neighbors talking about? So she comes each week into this segment and just helps us, I don't know. Do what? Sound better. You class <laughs> me up, dear. You just well, class I've been me up. Keep for, trying. For 33 years, I've been trying, but I'm starting to give up. <laughs> Was that a Festus voice? Festus? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Gunsmoke? You're uh, dating yourself just thinking that. I was thinking Uncle Festus from the Adams Family. Oh, that's like even... Like he didn't... Did he talk? Yeah. Festus talked. It was the hairy... Yeah. Thing. Thing. Thing it. did not... It. it. That's it. it. Oh, let's not... Children of the 60s and 70s. <laughs> We should not share those things. We'll lose what? lose Half listeners. The audience is going, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, well, how about garden questions? What's going okay. on out in the gardens so we can be uh, relative? <laughs> okay. Relevant? Well, we, we don't want to be irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Something like that. All right, so Kevin has a question. He pulled out a red yucca that had been doing beautiful, but was just starting to die off and look icky. He pulled it out. It was full of white, wormy yeah. things. And so he wants to replant in that hole, but he wants to know what are those? Did they cause the damage? And should he get rid of them? They did, and they're dangerous. And be careful. They'll eat your children at night. They lay eggs in your ear canals and Aww. come out in the middle. They're terrible. Or at least that's what they do to yuccas. <laughs> you personally, probably not. But they're called grubs. Very common. They've been so bad this year that we've actually had to put grub killer on the planting trucks. We've got planting mm -hmm. delivery crews. There's two trucks that roam around the countryside putting plants in like yuccas, spruce, pine, whatever. And uh, we can't, if we come into a colony of grubs, we can't rightfully plant that you know, $200 tree there or within nine months. They eat the roots right off of it. And literally the tree can fall over because there's no roots left. Mm -hmm. That's what happened to the yucca. So they started eating. The yuccas have this real fleshy root, real, lots of carbohydrates, real sweet tasting. And so they ate them and then they killed the plant. So I thought it was just going to go out of bloom. That's going to be real simple. Just cut off the dead spin <laughs> blooms. It'll come back. No, no problems next year. This one, they actually died. Mm -hmm. So there's a grub killer. It's, a, it's called a grub and insect control. Not very fancy name. That's what we put on every truck. Every crew's got it, access to it. So when they see it, they have to plant it for the customer. And so they simply plant it, sprinkle some of this around, and it controls the grubs for up to a year. Mm -hmm. And so they won't come back for you. I would suggest uh, for Kevin to not just do that hole, but I would do that section of the landscape mm -hmm. or the yard or those gardens. Because it's a beetle larvae. When they come out in the summer, they lay eggs because they're attracted to the, to the moisture, the compost. There's something there they're, they're attracted to. And so they're not just after that one hole, that plant. They're laying eggs in the landscape. Mm -hmm. And so a bag of this stuff, this stuff covers about 5,000 square feet. I think 5,200 square feet to be exact. I was just helping a customer with grubs <laughs> a second ago. Um, and so you spread that down, water it in. It goes to the soil, goes down into the dirt, kills off those white worms they were mm -hmm. talking about. Uh, they are dangerous. If you see even one, if you're planting, so we're into the fall planting season. Uh, it's the best time to be planting bigger trees, shrubs, more yuccas, agaves. Uh, if you run into these, there's never just one. There's always colonies. They attack. Literally, I've, I've dug up earth where 
there were thousands, I mean, at least hundreds, if not thousands. The ground was moving. It was, whew, my skin crawled. <laughs> and it killed, uh, I saw it on a rhododendron. So they'd killed that off. And I went, okay, we'd, let's do this roadie where it's at. And the rest of this garden bed, we're not, we're not going to let them migrate over and kill off more plants. They can move in the yard. But that's, uh, that's how you deal with grubs. And yes, they're dangerous to your gardens. They're very bad. Kill them with grub and insect control. Very insidious because yeah. one day you look at your plant and it's like laying on the ground. And you're like, what happened to that? Yeah. <laughs> and there's no roots. and I've so got to they... check a grass in the backyard because it was uh-huh. so beautiful. Uh-huh. And then it just collapsed. I'm going, now, wait a minute. It's Nothing suspicious. else in the yard collapsed. They're all in the same drip system. It's been so fabulous. What happened? Mm-hmm. And I'm almost afraid to pull it up out of the ground <laughs> to see. Probably I'll just pull it up and it'll just come right up. Yeah. I'm guessing yeah. it's grubs just in, in our own landscapes. Yeah, it happens. All right, so Haley is preparing some raised beds for fall veggies. And besides garden soil, she wants to know what additional nutrients would your fall vegetables want? Well, fall, so so I was just helping another customer that's new to the area. They're from L.A., mm-hmm. came here, moved to Prescott Valley, and they're putting, they're, they're excited because their success in the gardens are so great. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know summer gardens they're harvesting cucumbers and tomatoes and peppers like crazy their kids are engaged they're just liking this and going hey could i buy a greenhouse and throw it over there and keep it going and i just said not worth the energy or effort (laughs) unless you've got an unlimited heating bill you can Mm -hmm. throw in there to keep it warmed up but as soon the day parts the daylight gets so short at the end of the year that tomatoes aren't happy you could bring them indoors Try to nurse them along, but really, what you do our last, our first frost of the year of the growing season is going to be about Halloween. Okay, it might be a couple days after that out in Spring Valley, Cordis Junction, you know, Camp Verde, Kingman, or it might be a little sooner up in you know, High Country, mm-hmm. you know, Groom Creeks and the Williams and Flagstaffs, White Mountains. But basically, we use Halloween as the as the holiday marker of expect frost. Uh, last year was a couple weeks, I think the second week in November. Mm-hmm. But on average, the 100 years data says Halloween. Just give up the ghost. Don't even try yeah. to worry about those. That's a tropical plant. Yeah. You can't grow, grow jungle plants up here in the mountains of Arizona. Shift it to fall kind of vegetables. And that's what Haley was talking about. Mm-hmm. So switch over to kales and cabbages and lettuce and broccoli and cauliflower and Swiss chard. There's just dozens of them how to prep the soil for them. Don't just take out the old vegetables that have stopped producing. Let's say tomatoes are starting to get tired. Don't just put it out and just put new plants in. You need to freshen up that soil. Mm -hmm. That's what she was asking. If you can take a layer of that top soil out, especially in a raised bed, to add fresh potting soil. Now that's the grower's mix that we actually grow in. So if you put that plant that you bought from, we've got new starts here now, put it in more of this water's potting soil, they'll never know they're in, in additional soil. They just go, oh, this is great, more to consume, and they just take off. If you throw them in old soil where roots are rotting, things are composting, that's they don't like that, and so they don't they don't they have more transplant shock. Mm-hmm. So I'd put that in there. If you're using our, our potting soil, it's an organic potting soil, five 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 organic fertilizer already is in there. Uh, that'll get you for the first two, three, four weeks. And then you want to add some vegetable food. We make our own organic vegetable food. Sprinkle some of that around it. It'll keep it going. 
Uh, when you just transplant, you might water it in with root and grow. It's something, it's a composted tea that we made specifically for transplant shock. That would help them. But really, it's if you're putting some fresh soil, that's it. Just start plugging plants. You're good to go. Okay. That's too easy. Well, you've been trying <laughs> to make it. We call it the easy gardener for a reason. There you go. So Bill has a question about carpet roses. He was thinking about putting them along a pathway, but he wants to know, do they keep their leaves through the winter? And if not, he doesn't want them, but is there something else you could suggest? So roses in general, not just carpet roses, but roses in general, most years they can be semi-evergreen, but they're not going to be evergreen. If you're from SoCal and you want evergreen (laughs) shrubs that bloom year-round, that's not a rose. Uh, there you'd switch over to, we've got a whole series of plants here, euonymus and cotoneasters and uh, nandinas. There's, there's dozens of varieties that stay green year-round. I would suggest this is a time to come into the nursery before you start committing to a pathway, especially, because mm-hmm. he's got an image in his head. Right. We can you know, take a snapshot, bring it in. We can help design that for you and make it feel garden-esque. But raphiolyptus, what are mm-hmm. some others I've... Uh, um, work with you can even blend uh, evergreens <laughs> with some deciduous stuff like sumacs are beautiful some of the grass evergreen grasses yeah. fescue blue fescues things like that so take a picture come in and we'll give you the grand tour of evergreen shrubs here at waters garden center ken elisa lane and the mountain gardeners we'll be right back you're listening to ken lane aka the mountain gardener Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion plants for September are Raywood Ash, Russian Sage, Pampas Grass, and Gold Flame Honeysuckle. Gold Flame Honeysuckle is the perfect vine to cover a trellis, arbor, or a fence. Also works well when pruned to form a dense shrub. Purple to deep pink flowers open to sweetly fragrant golden yellow flowers throughout summer and fall. Deer and javelina proof and oh so easy to grow. Shop the most fragrant vines in store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. A couple bugs I'm finding. One's in my office of all things. So I've got a I've got an office. It's got a one bedroom apartment kind of thing. It's got a living room I, that I train in, meet with folks in. It's got an office in the bedroom and then it's got a kitchen and a bathroom. Very small. It's maybe 500, 600 square feet. Um, but it feels good. The bathroom really doesn't get used uh, the, for showers and stuff. I go home for that. But it's there. It's just an executive bathroom kind of thing. But I'm finding that I'm getting some sewer flies. This is like a gnat with really large wings. It's a black. It likes the dark 
seedy areas of the house. And they call them sewer flies because they actually, it's a maggot. It's a larva stage that lives in the in the septic field or in the sewer pipes where that trap is. They live down in there. They come out and you just see them. It's kind of gross, actually. They're living in the sewers. They come up and enjoy your bathroom with you. They don't come out to the light so much, but I've been fighting those things. I've put uh, drain cleaner in just to get rid of their food source, hair or whatever's down there. Um, and I was still getting these sewer flies. Uh, some of you may have seen those. Uh, but what I found is, I went, did all this stuff, went on the internet, you know, tried to different things, baking soda, all kinds of crazy stuff. None of it worked. I went over and said, okay, Ken, you're a smart guy. You're a gardener. How would a gardener handle flies in the garden? BT. There's a product called BT. It's a, it says we use it for worms on apples. It takes out the codling moth. We use it on worms in houseplants. We call them f fungus gnats. We use it for, for fly, maggot kind of stuff. I'm, wondering, well, I'm sure would you work on sewer flies too? I took some home uh, to, over across from the nursery over to, the, to my office and poured some in the drain. And lo and behold, problem solved instantaneously. Come on. Sometimes you need to just use what you know instead of going, going online and, and researching more. I should have just figured, why did I struggle for a week trying to get rid of these doggone things? They were driving me crazy. Uh, but BT... Uh, or thoroughside is a common is another name that it goes by. It's an organic uh, caterpillar and worm killer. So if you've got tomato worms, there's great big green worms right now. They're crawling across a the yard. They're eating your tomatoes and peppers. That's a really simple worm to kill with BT thoroughside. That's what it's made for. It's an organic solution. You can eat your fruit up to the day of harvest. And it's just all organic, but it's highly effective at taking out worms. It won't kill aphids, just worms. It's not going to kill thrip or ciliads. It's only going to kill caterpillars and worms, maggots. Works really well. So anyway, share that story. If you've got a dark, maybe a, a downstairs basement bathroom, you got little tiny black gnats, that is sewer flies. That's the name. Just Google sewer flies in my basement bathroom. Oh, there it goes. Uh, that's what they are. And they're living in the sewers. They come up from the sinks, the toilets, and the, the showers. They're coming up through that. And then they fly around and say hello. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> something else I'm noticing. Uh, um, I've got some aphids on my peppers. I'm finding white flies. I had some white flies. I just noticed in my mint patch. So I was doing some trimming. I wanted to make some tea and little tiny white flies were just, I could hardly see them. Not truly a fly, not, not a house fly. It's a white, tiny, tiny, tiny fly comes out. It's just almost like dust floating up. Those are white flies. And so they were getting on my, on, they're starting to show up. They show up late summer. They're going to be with us until the first frost. As soon as it frosts in November, first part of end of October, first part of November, they'll be gone. And so I spritz them, those kinds of things. I like to go organic whenever possible. But if you see little bugs like that, I used triple action. Triple action is neem oil, N-E-E-M. Neem oil is the, that's the ingredient. It's an organic oil. And then you can spray that plant. I try to get underneath the foliage as well as on top because they, they seem to live underneath. I think they're after the shade and the moisture of the leaf. And a leaf is very tender on the bottom side 
of a plant. The top side is kind of crusty and leathery, so it's protective. And so I don't think they like to eat the top side. They're after the bottom side because they're protected, and it's it's a better dinner palate, basically. So I'm starting to see those late summer through fall kind of insects. Aphids will be right behind them. Thrips will be behind them. Blister beetles will be behind them. Uh, so it's some things that I'm seeing in my own gardens. And as you see things, as you're walking through and you see geraniums with little white flies uh, flying around, little gnats, those are white flies, easily handled with triple action and completely safe for you, the birds, your pets, your husband. They're all, that's just easy to work with. They're a little trigger sprayer. I always have it in the garden, in the in the shed or the garage. I've got one in the back, one in the front. Just keep them handy. So when I see things, it goes squirt, squirt. And the, the problem goes away. Works really well on powdery mildew. So this white powder that shows up on leaves. So as you see things happening, put it in a Ziploc baggie. If you're really concerned, bring it in. We've got a microscope. We'll blow this thing up 200 times its normal size. We'll see. We'll, we'll see it's got eight eyes and three fangs. And here's how you deal with this thing. Uh, or just those are a couple things I'm seeing in my gardens. I think that maybe you should look at your gardens as well. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Companion Plants for September are Russian Sage, Pampas Grass, Honeysuckle, and Raywood Ash. Raywoods are superior shade trees for wind and drought locations. Plant as a single specimen or in a grove for more widespread shade on hot south and western exposures. Dark green foliage forms the perfect round head with leaves that turn a magical wine red through autumn. We sell only the prettiest shade trees at Waters Garden Center. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week. This is just her segment to share her garden ideas, what she's seen in the gardens as she's hiking around, walking through the neighborhood, or just gardening in her own backyard. She is a gardener extraordinaire. Grew up in the family garden center. Yes. So the stories we hear, Were you? did you come to Waters in a diaper ever did, were you here well, that early probably <laughs> i mean yeah. not last week i'm talking like <laughs> the beginning of life <laughs> pretty early on because they had the garden center it was on miller valley road yeah I really think, when i was i think it was there yeah started in miller there. valley and then i think that was only there for a very short time and then they moved out to plaza drive plaza drive across yeah. in the bowling alley which i spent a lot of time there climbing over rocks and Catching horny toad lizards, oh, yeah. spreading manure. Did everything. Did you how what how soon did you load customers up? Were you in the parking lot with like pickup trucks hoisting like 
three cubic yard foot uh, uh, topsoils. No. No. Well, we had a, um, so we had the pet shop in it too. So as a kid, where you going to spend most of your time? Pet, petting the puppy pet dogs. Shop. And then we had a flower shop. So okay. when I was in high school, I worked in the flower shop. Oh. So that's Prescott High School, right? Flowers. Mm-hmm. Class of 82. You caught oh, my hi. eye in 83. <laughs> <laughs> We were college sweethearts, in case you're wondering, tra- tracking the, yeah. the we timelines. Didn't, we didn't go in the same circles in high school. We, yep. had, we had different True. circles. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I didn't really start hefting potting soil and mulch till I started working here again. <laughs> Became the owner of the garden center. <laughs> then all of a sudden, your high school kid didn't show up to do all that. Right. So your so job you, is... You were hefting <laughs> the topsoil into the truck. So. The life of a small business owner. Right. You do whatever needs to be done. We we do plumbing mm-hmm. if the toilet clogs. <laughs> we do electrical if the breakers start catching well, on fire. Yeah. Whatever whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. That is true. I forget where we started with all this. But when did you start at the garden center? You I just kind of grew up in it. I What's your fondest memory? Yeah. I don't know. There's so many. I don't oh. know. There's a lot if you the start thinking about it. Fondest memory for me is when our kids started working here. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, they're so young, you can't pay them dollars because it doesn't mean anything <laughs> to them. Yeah. So they, we'd work and they'd weed the front signage or mm-hmm. you know, rearrange, go go looking for things underneath the back, wherever they got them doing for little kids. Keep know, them busy. A nine-year-old, keep yeah. busy. It's daycare. Uh, and for their reward, back then we had ponds here at the garden center, mm-hmm. back when water ponds were big. And I'd take them to the fish store. We'd go buy a fish, and then we'd go release it in the pond. And it was mm-hmm. father, kids' time. Or when we had big fish, we used to import koi from like Japan, mm-hmm. all kind of fancy, fancy stuff. We'd go catch grasshoppers, rip their legs that. off, and oh. then feed them to the fish because you want the legs on; they can get caught in their throat, and you lose <laughs> a you know hundred dollar koi. So you rip the legs off, throw them in, watch the you know the carnage of the oh. fish fighting over this insect, which they just love. Yeah. So just, those are the memories with kids cool. I have. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. When you start thinking about it. It's been fun. So it still is fun. I still oh, yeah. love coming to work every day with you. I do. Yeah. It's good. Some days, not so good. Well, it's been hot. Now it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of seasons. It'll be cold soon. Yes. <laughs> it is a season. I hope so. I love it when it's cold. You not so much. No. But I love it. I can put my 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 lined, fleece-lined <laughs> car hearts on. <laughs> we should go to garden quest, garden advice. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So I was helping some customers the other day who had moved into a house already landscaped, got new people in the area, and their biggest complaint was everything in the yard was one color. It's just green. Uh, so they didn't have anything to spruce up the yard, to draw your eye, get you excited about looking at the yard. So I thought we should talk about shrubs that you can put into your yard right now that will give you color. So flower color or leaf just color leaf or color. just interest. Mainly leaf some, color. We got this monotone blue-green that's the <laughs> chaparral, especially right. you know, manzanitas and mm-hmm. junipers and cianothus. You get all these blue green Arizona blue is what I call it it's green or whatever <laughs> yeah that can be too monotone I it's agree. like beige too much beige not good uh, not not good yeah an accent of like brown would be good right so some of the ones now the first ones I'm going to mention are ones that are going to go dormant in the winter time so they're not going to have leaves on them through the winter 
But who cares? Because most of the time you're stuck inside your house, you not really looking at Eat more cookies. Sip some tea. <laughs> so Wygelia, the wine and roses Wygelia, is a very beautiful plant. It has a real burgundy leaf to it. Um, it's nice that it does bloom in the summertime. It has a beautiful pink fuchsia flower yeah, on crazy. it. Uh, but the leaves themselves are just very gorgeous, that burgundy color. So any of the nine barks, or what's the other, podocarpus. Uh, so there's amber jubilee, which is kind of a, uh, has like three different tones to yeah. it. Kind of a, a yellow, but also an orangey red kind of look to that's it. That's not their fall color. No, that's, that's their, their color. color. That's just beautiful yeah. against some of those other oh, blue yeah. colors. It's nine barks very are not pretty. landscaped into the into a design very often, so no. it's beautiful. But plant. they work really well around yeah, here. Great they big should shrub. be used more often. Yeah, they do get some nice size to them. Um, there's also one called Tiny Wine. <laughs> does it get as big or is it the it flower does. is tiny one? The, fla- oh. the leaf is yeah. small. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of, the leaf almost reminds me of a Japanese maple type leaf. Oh, yeah. That small pointy kind of leaf to it. But a real dark burgundy color. Actually very, very pretty. And then there's another one called darts, darts yellow darts yeah it's got that golden color yeah so that very yellow color i think when you first saw it you're like what are these chlorotic and i'm like no they're supposed to be that color (laughs) (laughs) i'm such a man sometimes (laughs) but so pretty when they're mixed in with a lot of other just green stuff out there and of course your barberries which I don't know. How many varieties of barberry would you guess there are? Twelve. I mean, I don't know. A dozen at any given time, and we rotate yeah. through 30 or 40. Right. And Barberries do, do different well. things. There's some that grow tall and thin. There's some that grow low and spread out. Um, I love the rose glow. I think that's probably my favorite. It has almost like a pinky, dark pink leaf to it. Very, very pretty. And the lava nugget, which stays short. Lava nugget. Yeah. But it's a really red color. Yeah, like so. lava red. <laughs> color there lava nugget go. i mean someone should be shot for that name well i think they get bored <laughs> like what are we gonna do uh and then purple smoke bush oh good ah beautiful purple leaves on there very attractive and then we can get into some of the evergreen ones so you the anything in the euonymus family most things in the euonymus family so silver king uh it's kind of a creamy and green color Gold euonymus, which is really pretty because there's a lot of yellow into it. Not I think it has yellow, more yellow than like, like yeah. solar yellow. It's oh, you really see it bright. from quite a ways away, yeah. and it's more yellow than green. So very pretty out there. Um, the moon shadow winter creeper, which is more of a low growing one, if you're looking for shorter. Emerald and gold winter creeper and emerald gaiety creeper. So oh, emerald is a is a key word in all those euonymus yes, families because they all it's have green, but they're variegated with oh, another yeah, color. Gotcha. Either you're taking know, that white, emerald color and then the splashing mm-hmm. or variegating another color into it. Right, yeah, fascinating. Very very pretty. Uh, gold spot. So gold spot's like the opposite of the golden. It's green with the yellow inside the green color yeah. but they're getting very attractive fast growing very bushy very thick thick one silverberry Perfect. Uh, which is the ellie agnes great if you've got critters around in the yard deer javelina bunnies because they tend to leave that ellie agnes alone out there and of course you have your nandinas so your gulfstream nandinas sienna sunrise 
So those are really pretty when they leaf out. The colors are very reddish and orange, and then their fall colors are very red and orange. Heavenly bamboo for the uh, West Coast folks there is you a go. common name. So mm-hmm. here we sizes. call it Nandina. Right. Uh, but heavenly bamboo is another name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's another really pretty one out there called Bright Star Spanish Dagger. Ooh. And this is uh, yellow, yellow and cream Spanish Dagger. So more of a it's not a yucca, but it has that look to yeah, it. It's like a yucca look. Absolutely. Very bright out there. You know, most of your, those types of plants are green. This gives you another option. Great choices for evergreens. You had a southwestern mix. Mm-hmm. You had a big uh, leafy, we call broadleaf yeah. evergreens, and then deciduous stuff. Bright colors, and then lose their leaves. Great choices, Lisa. And they can all be, you've got all those in right oh, now. Yeah. They can be planted in the fall and thrive mm-hmm. right on through. Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden companion plants for September are Russian sage, pampas grass, honeysuckle, and raywood ash. Raywoods are superior shade trees for wind and drought locations. Plant as a single specimen or in a grove for more widespread shade on hot south and western exposures. Dark green foliage forms the perfect round head with leaves that turn a magical wine red through autumn. We sell only the prettiest shade trees at Waters Garden Center. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Ouch! Aw, oh, man, another rock! Hi, I'm Rusty. You know, the shovel you're destroying trying to dig that hole? Sure, I get it. We got these beautiful plants at Waters Garden Center. Waters asked if they could plant them for you, but no. You had to do it yourself, even though they would plant, deliver, and guarantee your plants for two years. I hope I don't end up like that old pickaxe. Ouch! Prevent yard tool abuse. Waters Garden Center. They plant, deliver, and guarantee. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So every week I write a garden column, whatever's timely for the mountains of Arizona. This is what you should be looking at. Uh, we're coming into the fall planting season. So, oh, I'll write a piece on garden design. How do you design the right feeling in a garden? And I, I like feng shui. I study feng shui. It's flowing energies through a through a home or through a gardens. And, and really what it came down to when I'm designing. So you want to see that, it's on our website. If you're into feng shui is not Asian. It's not an eight Japanese garden look. It's it's a it's a designed feel. I've seen great feng shui, feng shui design in a Santa Fe home or cottage garden. It's more about flows and pathways and trying to get rid of dead ends, having bright lights and bright colors to make you feel a certain way. And as your guests come over, they won't even realize it. They'll just go, that was a really great party. I don't know why. It just felt good. They'll describe it in terms of feeling when it's really done well. And what it, what it comes down to is straight lines are not in nature. Straight lines are fence lines. It's prisons. That's not great gardens. Uh, great gardens actually flow. Uh, they're not single um, 
plants lined up in a row marching across the backyard. There's more of, more of a pattern, a flow pattern to it. So more triangular shapes or, or curves or arches. That's a better design and a better feeling to it. It's kind of difficult to pull off with these new homes that are small backyards and very block light. They've got that cinder block in the back, very much right angles. And so I usually will start with shade because you need a tree, maybe three. And I try to soften up the corners so I don't see that corner. Put a nice shrub, something blooming there, a nice vine to soften that up so it makes more, feels more like a secret garden than it does a prison block. So those are, those are ways I, I instantly start. And then I'll move to where the entertainment areas are, the back patios, the decks, the entrance, the driveways. How does it feel when I come into the home? So that's where you have the big, beautiful glazed pots on either side of the driveway or on those pillars on either side of your front entrance. You're trying to soften up this you know, gray poured concrete, which automatically is unfun unfeng shui, uh, tumbled pavers feel better because, again, it breaks up all that pattern. But those are hard to put down. They're more expensive. It's easier to take some two-by-sixes, line them up in, in straight grids, go from the driveway, right angle, to your front door, pour it, make sure it's gray, don't add any color, and then just make it, that's not, it doesn't quite feel right. Then you get this three, four, five hundred thousand dollar house, and you're going, oh, doesn't quite feel the same. It's you can tell a home that's got a great front door, great entrance that welcomes, and you can't really, you don't can't put your finger on it, but you know something's different. And so you start with the the driveway to the front patio, to the back back patios, the entrance area, because that's where you're gonna barbecue and just enjoy a sunset and listen to the hummingbirds, and that's where you spend your time because it's more secluded. So you want those areas. Then I'll go through and accessorize with flowers. Flowers are almost the last thing put down. And so I've got a brand new remodel going into our house. That's part of the reason for the garden column. <laughs> Again, on the website, watersgardencenter.com, under blog post, it'll be the top blog. You can't miss it. Uh, it's in, in the Daily Courier, Prescotty News, Signals AZ. It's, it's printed. A lot of places pick it up. It's gone national. Some 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 columns. They're so, it just tickles the fancy of media folks, and they go, oh, "Can I can I can I publish it?" I'm going, "Sure, go for it." Makes everyone a better gardener. I am all happy, but design is difficult, especially when you're dealing with mainly rock lawns. It's really easy to come down with a, you know, a, a, a dark shingle that matches the entire neighborhood, beige house with beige trim gray driveway with gray entrance and maybe a nice door. I don't know. Maybe you'll try to dress it up with some furniture. Uh, but but there's an opportunity there to soften it up and it's get rid of the lines. So at my house, I actually jackhammered up that gray uh, entry. Thing. I jackhammered it up and I put brick down. I put pavers down and I didn't use straight lines. I, I made a wave and it flows right through right through to the front door. And it's a game changer. Uh, it just feels so much better. The new garden project, I replaced all the steps from the top. I've got a classic Prescott home. It's on a mountainside, beautiful vistas. We bought the house for the vistas. It's overlooking the dells. It's just wonderful. You want to go back and just 
enjoy that entire air. Watch a storm come up through that that valley. Watch the hummingbirds going back and forth. It's beautiful. And so I've got steps that go from the upstairs, the up story. So you drive into our driveway and the upstairs is basically living room, dining room, bedrooms. Downstairs, you go down another flight of stairs. That's where the TV room, an extra office, the workout room, you know, the basement area. And then you walk out the back door, you walk down another half flight of stairs, and that's where the entertainment areas, the outdoor kitchens and the hot tubs and the fire pits, all that's down there. And it's all been made to feel big, big entertainment. We love entertaining. We love friends. We love family coming over to our house and sharing this experience with them. And so we've got steps coming down the side of the the garage, basically, into the back cedar fence, to the back gardens, back along the, the back, and then you finally get to the back patios. It's two and a half stories of steps that guide you through different gardens. As you first come down, now steps are very much linear. They've got lines. So how do you soften that up? It's not very feng shui. And so there I just, I put a garden on either side of each step. So I just put a retaining block and then backfilled with some nice good soil. And as you come down the side of the the garage, it's got very soft lighting for evening uh, type of entertainment. So you can come and go without tripping up and falling in the dark. Then it's got herb gardens, edible herbs, like Italian herb gardens. Every single step, there's probably 15 of them, has got a different kind of herb from from oregano to parsley to bay leaves to lavenders to mints. Each step has got its own garden. So you just feel it smells good. It feels good. You pop through the fence. You come through and you, all of a sudden you're greeted by this huge garden. It's a landing area that helps you transition, hook a left, and then go down to the next steps. It gets kind of convoluted. It's hard to get back there. Two and a half stories of steps. It's a steep lot. And every single bed is it's like a tiered garden all the way through there's probably three five six oh i don't know a lot of different tiered gardens so the steps are taking you through these different gardens and so you open up the fence you go wow this just feels good i've entered the secret garden i can't believe it are these actual these are gardens look at the hummingbirds look at things go there's art now starting to greet you as you come to come by so we've got gargoyles and i like faces i like gargoyles i like art and so we've got a lot of that kind of stuff. And then you finally get back to the entertainment, which is probably a 2,000 square foot patio that's just set up for enjoying and watching sunsets. I think too many times we, we don't think through the angles and we don't delight uh, the, the senses. And so we end up dead corners are not good. Dead paths, they just dead into a, to a fence line, not good. Give them something at the end of that path, like a piece of art. Put a statue, a fountain, put a beautiful rose at the end of that. And all of a sudden it feels like now it's something living, breathing, enjoying. And so that pergola, as you've got out in the middle of the yard, it needs some softening. It needs something on the post. It needs something surrounding that back fence. Or it just feels like a prison yard. I should have an orange jumpsuit on and, and I should be lifting weights back there with, you know, tear tattoos coming out of my, my eyes. I've been watching too many, I guess, prison movies. I don't even know what that means, but I know how it feels. So I've seen it on TV and it could feel that way in your backyard too. If you don't have enough plants, you don't think this through enough. And so straight lines, not so good. 
flowing patterns or how nature, I always think in terms of when I'm designing in triangular shapes, so a back row, front row, front row is a little bit shorter, so it feels more pattern. I like mixing plants up. So evergreens with some deciduous. I'll put a spruce in with a aspen, a maple in with uh, Italian cypress, because it makes it feel more garden-esque, more natural feeling in your backyard. If you need help with design, we got designers roaming around all over the place here at the Garden Center. We love seeing photos and you know, digital photos and helping you design things in your backyard. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to the Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden Companion plants for September are pampas grass, honeysuckle, raywood ash, and lacy blue Russian sage. Lacy blue Russian sage is a Waters preferred perennial for its compact form that doesn't flop over in the landscape like others. The spiky blue flowers bloom summer through fall with aromatic foliage detestable to all animals. Simply stunning at the edge of dry stream beds mixed with wildflowers. Shop in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner, and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I was teaching last week's class was on trees, how to grow trees, what trees grow best. We went over evergreens, had several different mixes. I had the uh, flowering trees, had the shade trees, had the evergreen trees, and I had a southwestern mix of trees, some natives. So the desert willows, the chase tree, the smoke bush, even a huge uh, Joshua tree, huge yucca, it's a magnificent specimen. These are mixes that look good together. The main thing, I, the main takeaway, most people seem to take after, trees add the most value to your landscape. They're also the ones that if you buy a tree with a dog leg, it never goes out of that. It always has this bent look to it. Trees do not get uglier or prettier as they grow older. They simply stay in the form they're currently at and they get more magnificent good and bad from there. So really, you do want to hand pick your trees. This is important. Uh, shrubs, and that's, it doesn't matter quite as much. Uh, they, they're just a red tip photinia. You can take an ugly dog and give it a little fertilizer, grow it for two years, and it will be a big, big bush. A tree, though, if you take a, a tree with a broken branch, got a bald spot, it's it's bent, it's just deformed, it's it's growing down to the ground instead of up to the sky. That's how it's the DNA says to do that. And just because you grow it on for a few years does not mean it changes. It just becomes more of that. You really do want to hand pick 
your trees. Go with your landscaper. Go, hey, can I meet you at the nursery? We have a ton of, we have many gar landscapers meet their clients here at Waters Garden Center. You can do that in Flagstaff, in, in Kingman. You can do that in Prescott Valley or Sedona. Or, you can do that. It's, it's okay. It's not an insult because you want to handpick or go handpick it, tag it, have them pick it up. Pay for it. Just here, I've got them picked up. Go get them and plant them in my yard. Trees and shrubs, not, not as critical. Do your homework. Not all trees grow here. I mentioned uh, Japanese maples. Uh, my Californians love Japanese maples. Well, if you read the tag, it says it grows in full sun, takes our cold, will we'll grow. And it will grow in your backyard in Prescott Valley, in, in Spring Valley, and wherever. It'll grow. It'll just be the most hideous tree you've ever seen because we're so dry. If it's in full sun, it'll, the tips will dry back. It'll die off at the top. It just struggles. You can't water it enough. It just it dry, it dehydrates faster than you can water it. So in the shaded areas, the north side of your house, they do magnificent. But it doesn't. The tag says it will grow right out there in full sun, and it does in other parts of the country, but not at high elevation where the sun is intense. Do your homework. You'd be better off putting a flame maple out there. It looks just the same, but it's super robust or amber maple. Uh, same with you Midwestern folks, red maples or amber, uh, uh, Acer rebrum. That's the classic red leafed maple. That one does not grow as well here. It gets the wind, leaf tatters it and tears the leaves. And so you want to do your homework there. The Acer, the uh, Prescott Blaze maple does better. It's got a lobed leaf where the wind goes through it and doesn't tear it up when it's young. It makes a difference. And so I put together a website where you can do your research. It's called top10plants.com. I, I grabbed that URL, that name, uh, top 10 trees, top 10 shrubs. For which we're talking about trees. So type in top 10 trees. will take you. You can see the trees that are here at Waters Garden Center right now as we speak. You can buy them right there or you can do your research, create a, a, a pick list, or you can buy it and have your gardener pick it up. But do your homework on some of these trees. It's important because it makes or breaks the entire landscape. And that's where the true value of your land, of a great design, starts with the trees. Then it goes to the corners of the lot. Then it goes to your entrance, back patios. There's a way to design, have great design that feels right in your backyard. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.